everybody, this is Nick. Um, welcome to another episode of the St. Paul Filmcast. Um, coming up is my interview with Brandon Rhinus and Elizabeth Chamberlain. Uh, they are going to talk, discuss their new movie project, I'm Haunted. Um, before we get to the interview, I have a couple announcements uh, to make. Uh, number one, I will be at LionCon this weekend, September 21st and 22nd. Uh, LionCon will be at the Sartell Community Center in Minnesota. Um, you can find the website. I'll put it up down below. Uh, find me. I'll be out there promoting this podcast and well as uh, selling my comic book, The Green Way, book one and two, um, there as well. If you're unable to attend and if you're interested in purchasing my uh, Pulp Noir comic book, uh, The Green Way, um, you can find it on the website IndiePlanet.com and uh, simply go to there and search The Green Way and you can find it. It is for sale for hard copy and digitally. So, um, But I'd generally like to see... Um, you in person. So hopefully I'll be able to see you at LionCon. Um, next, I would like to thank um, Lindsay and uh, Danielle from uh, 33% Pulp Comics for their lovely card and magnet. I participated in their survey and as a recipient for participating in the survey, they gave me a nice card and their magnet, which I probably display on my refrigerator at home. Uh, wonderful podcast. If you take the time, um, listen to 33% Pulp. Um, you can find it on iTunes and all the other major distributors of uh, where you find podcasts. Um, definitely check them out. Wonderful show. Uh, especially if you like Pulp um, stories. Um, coming up is uh, Brandon and Elizabeth. And um, before we get to that, we have a commercial from another great podcast, um, The Cutaways. I've been, been a fan of this podcast as well for a long time. So check them out as well. All right. Coming up, Brandon and Elizabeth after this message. Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And, and we, we make, make up The Cutaways, cutaways podcast. podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week, brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Bye! All right, we are back on the St. Paul Filmcast, and uh, this time we have special guest uh, Brandon Rhinus, and with him is his star of his um, recent movie. They're actually in the process of filming it right now. They're nice enough to take a break from filming to come on the show and talk about uh, the film I'm Haunted. Uh, there is an Indiegogo campaign for it. We'll definitely get into more as we talk with them. Um, but I want to say right now, uh, thanks for coming, Brandon and Elizabeth. 
Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Um, so let's get started with the, the movie right now that you're actually working on. Um, if you want to tell the listeners what the movie's about, um, and you're because you're actually filming it right now, you're in pr- uh, production. So just give us a little sample of what's uh, going on with the movie. Uh, the new film is a horror. It's a, like a paranormal horror called I'm Haunted. And it stars Elizabeth, who is sitting here with me. Um, we actually just began production about two hours ago. Um, <laughs> It's our first day of shooting. It's it's a found footage film, which, to be honest, I'm not a fan of the genre, and I always kind of swore I'd never do it. Um, but also this idea came to me, and I was like, oh, this is so good. And we're actually, we were shooting uh, another project uh, like a month or two ago, and uh, I pitched it to Elizabeth, and I was like, hey, you want to do it? And she thought it sounded cool. Um, so I wrote the script in, you know, extremely uh, short amount of time. And um, we're, you know, we're raising money for it as we go, but, you know, like, I don't want to sit around waiting. So we're actually, we're in the process of making it already and uh, raising money as we go. And, well, so far, the, the first bit we did today, it's, uh, it's looking pretty good. Uh, how long did you guys, uh, and then I know you guys, Brandon, you, this is um, done many films prior to this, but with pre-production, how much time did you guys spend on pre-production with this one? It, um, it wasn't very long. It's it's kind of a different type of project. Like it's um, smaller crew. It's just like it's smaller in scope. So there wasn't as much that needed to be done. Once we had the the script written, I just kind of planned out because what kind of makes it unique is that we're going to release it in episode form. Yeah. So it's um, basically it, the character that Elizabeth plays. Her name is Genesis. She's keeping this kind of daily video blog about all the weird haunting stuff going on in, in her apartment. So we're going to release it kind of every day or two over the span of a couple months. So it's kind of like you can watch it happening in real time. And then when the entire thing's done, we'll put it all together into one full-length movie. So it'll be kind of like paranormal activity type of thing. Okay. Um, So as it's going, so basically I just had to go through and plan out kind of what day is, what what section of the script is going to happen on each day. And I break it down into... um, you know, this would be the first video because some some days have multiple videos. Sometimes there's a couple days with no videos. So it was more just planning that, like how this is going to be executed. And once that was done, we um, started doing our casting calls. And we just last night finished um, making all our casting choices. We had a huge number of people um, respond to this. Um, I guess it's, you know, the more projects I do, kind of more people want to jump on board. So it was right. really yes. hard to pick. Um, the actors, we had so many submissions, but last night we picked them all. And today, um, kind of as I'm shooting, my uh, co-producer, Emily, is going through and, you know, informing the people who were chosen that they uh, were chosen for the movie. Um, Brandon Elizabeth, with pre-production, were you able, especially with the rush time, were able to do any rehearsing? We we did, uh, Elizabeth and I met up last week and we did a, a, like a read-through of the entire script and sure. we discussed it. Um, it, there's a lot of dialogue, like more than any movie I've ever seen. And basically it's her on camera for like 90% of the movie. Um, so that was the only kind of issue I had is can she just memorize such an insane amount of dialogue? And she's actually doing very good at it. Um, we're kind of just taking it one scene at a time, memorizing it and, you know, we're doing it a few times shooting it. And, um, so yeah, it's, uh, there wasn't a lot of pre-production compared to what I normally do. Like we don't have a first uh, a first assistant director on this one, which is oh boy, um, okay, first time doing it. It's basically <laughs> I'm right. kind of running the show myself. Challenge accepted, right? 
Um, so Elizabeth, uh, obviously, like Brandon said, you could be in this ninety percent of the movie. Uh, I heard your character's name is Genesis. How did you kind of prepare for the role yourself? Um, I actually uh, have done like a lot of video blogging before, and so it just kind of seems, I don't know, natural to me. Uh, I read the script over many times so that I could understand the ins and outs of it. And um, other than that, it kind of, like Brandon said, is like along the way, like we're taking things one scene at a time, we're discussing them as we go. Um, I just think that's the best way to do it because it's so much dialogue and it's so long that um doing it any any way else would probably uh you'd lose the meaning of things you know so yeah yeah yeah. um especially elizabeth with like costuming so how did you pros costuming especially as you're doing this as it goes go along sorry we lost you there can you repeat the question oh sure sure um and as well as and since you're going and doing this as goes along and researching how are you preparing for costuming Costuming? Costuming is my closet. Um, literally, I just like took my closet, put it in a suitcase, brought it over here, and just hung it in Brandon's closet. And uh, and then as we're going, the closet changes because I, I change through, you know, clothes. Uh, so that's pretty much just what we're going with right now. It seems nice that you guys are actually filming a movie, uh, kind of a horror movie, as the beginning of uh, fall. Was it kind of the intention to start at least get start filming for the season of fall? It, it wasn't really, I think it's more just kind of the way it worked out. Like I'm always shooting stuff and a lot of them are horror. Yeah. Um, we do plan, as long as everything goes according to plan, um, the first episode will air on November 1st, um, which I guess would be the day after Halloween. So I guess that's perfect. You know, you can kind of continue your Halloween over, you know, a longer period of time. It doesn't have to end on October 31st. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's, it's, so it's kind of it's kind of very fitting, right? November first. Okay, we'll definitely watch out for that, and um, we'll definitely look forward to that. Um, since it's being on a web channel, can you let the listeners know how they can find it? We uh, it's going to be on YouTube. We're going to start. I have my main a higher universe, my company, um, my YouTube channel with all my other films on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to start a fresh one. I'm not 100 percent sure, but pretty much 100 percent sure that we'll just start a new channel that will be dedicated just to the series. Um, so we haven't actually started that yet, so I don't know what it will be called, but that link will come up. However, if you, you know, you can just follow the Facebook page for I'm Haunted or just my Higher Universe YouTube page, and we'll be posting information on there, how to watch the episodes. We'll be promoting the hell out of it, so uh, if you're paying attention, there's no way you can miss it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, especially with something like this, like a web... Um, kind of a film a short film um are you are you able to do multiple takes are you comfortable doing multiple takes or that's not something that you're not uh want to do yeah we've been doing multiple takes uh, even this morning we started we weren't quite sure you know how it was going to play out how it was going to work um so we basically we just jumped in started doing it uh, just taking it kind of one scene at a time some of it shot on a laptop some of it shot on a phone um so yeah, Elizabeth, she'll basically start doing it, and she you know messes up a line or something, we'll restart, and um, you know kind of we, we do multiple takes on it. So yeah, I, I guess I would say it's more like a, a normal film in that respect is that we just keep doing it till we get it right. However, there's also um, because of the the casual nature of it, there's yeah. also room for a little bit of um, 
you know, you, when you're doing a podcast or something, sometimes you you flub a line uh, like a little bit, but it's still understandable and you still understand the meaning. Right. Sometimes we just decide to keep those in because it makes it seem more natural. So then we wouldn't reshoot that. But if I like miss an entire paragraph or an entire line or something, then we're like, oh, okay, we need to go back. <laughs> We, uh, we here in Minnesota, we call those happy accidents. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if you're familiar with that, too. Um, how did, Brandon, how did you go about assembling your crew for this? Well, honestly, the crew is kind of just me at this point, um, <laughs> which, I've, which I've never done before. Like, yeah, it's kind of funny, but it's just me and Elizabeth here. Um, yeah, usually, like, I've done some stuff with some pretty big crews, and, you know, as we've moved along, like, the kind of crews got bigger and bigger, and kind of all this came about because we were doing another um, horror movie called Grotesque. We actually shot a trailer for it that you could find online. Elizabeth is actually the lead in that, too. Yeah. Um, we got a super good response to that. I was going to try to do it, you know, like, super, you know, micro-budget, but we had such a good response to the trailer. Um and we had, we had some kind of bigger name horror actors signed on to it. But as soon as that happened, it's like, well, now we can't shoot it, you know, for micro budget. We now need a real budget. Um, and it's just going to take, you know, probably a year or more to, you know, make it happen. So in the meantime, I was like, well, I don't want to just sit around waiting. I want to do something that I can shoot for like, you know, 10 grand. Um, and that's how all this came about. And I was like, you know, if we just do it properly, we don't even really need a crew. It's just, you know, it's all shot on um, electronic devices um, so as long as we have like a microphone and a camera, um, it's going to work out, which saves us a hell of a lot of money. And, you know, we can just fly through things cause we don't have, you know, 30 crew on, uh, on set. It's just the two of us and we just, you know, can just rock it out. So this is a, a whole new experience for me doing something like this. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Um, Elizabeth, uh, shooting something like this, a little more intimate, a lot less people around. Um, how are you kind of? preparing or how are you kind of feeling about shooting a movie with just kind of a small crew such as this? <laughs> well, um, I have a lot of respect and a lot of trust in Brandon because I've worked with him uh, quite a few times now. And I really, really, really like this, actually. I've never really done anything like this. Um, anything that's been this small has just been me, basically. <laughs> so it's really nice to have him around and, uh, and like tell me little things. And as we go and um, the equipment like and and uh, crew side to things doesn't really have to be all of that high because if you think about how Genesis Brady in real life would be she'd just be sitting on her laptop with with probably no mic or, or no like good webcam and stuff we happen to have um, some higher end low equipment <laughs> um, uh, just from previous projects that I had done and stuff um, sitting around. So it still has good quality, but it's still like that kind of casual setting that you would expect somebody who's just in their room putting this on YouTube just to tell the world. Um, it's, it's the same kind of uh, quality as you'd expect for that. Yeah. I think one of the advantages of doing something like this is a little more freedom, a little more, um, not so Absolutely. much a rig rigorous schedule that you're able to have a little more fun and play making movies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like as soon as you have like a big crew and then, you know, a lot of people on set, there's so many things that can slow the process down. It's like, it's, you know, thing, it's just movie making it just takes a long time. So as soon as you kind of strip all that away and, and now it's basically just hitting record and doing it until you get it right. <laughs> we have, we have a lot more room to the, let's try something different. Let's try this. And, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. It's, I mean, we've only been at it a couple hours now, so I'm, you know, haven't 
been able to quite decide how much I like it. But I mean, if this turns out good and people like these videos, like I'd consider doing this again because it's a it's a good way just to get my stories out into the world and get people watching stuff without having to invest, you know, huge amounts of money. Yeah. And it's like, it's a great way to get like a lot of content out there um, for both of us, just like really yeah. quickly and really, and really um, like frequently, like it's like consistent content. Um, and then on top of that, having Brandon be the director and the writer is really awesome because sometimes we'll go along and do something and he's like, you know what, now that you say that, I don't like the sound of that. We're going to rewrite it because I'm the writer and I can do that. So, <laughs> so then so then we were able to have that freedom as well. It's a lot, a lot of freedom, a lot of artistic freedom, which I really, really love working on projects like that. And so if I understand right, you're kind of using the, the script as more as a suggestion rather than we'll go rigid with the script. Uh, up to a point, I'm willing to, to, to vary off it a little bit, but um, I did put a lot of work into it to kind of, it's sometimes it's hard to write something, make it sound 100% natural, but yes. I did my best and I think it's pretty solid. So we've actually, we've been sticking to the script more than you would expect for something like this. But if Elizabeth changes things slightly, as long as it keeps the essence of what she's saying, I'm totally happy with that. But um, there's a lot of movies I watch and you could tell a lot of, especially comedies where you could tell that there's a lot of ad-libbed and I don't really like that. I can almost just tell. Mm -hmm. And things always sound better when they're scripted. Um, so I'm trying to, you know, we're trying to balance that out as we go. If there's something that she changes that it's, you know, like now nah, that's got to be in there, we'll do it again. But if it's something that's not hugely important or I like the way she does it better, then we'll stick with the new version. Yeah, but we wouldn't want to change the plot at all. It is so amazing. Okay. <laughs> it is so amazing and it's like so thorough. Like like if you change the plot at all, I feel like it would just kind of unravel. It's just so well thought that that's just like not what I want to do at all. <laughs> uh, Brandon, when you prepare for movies, do you kind of think of like a storyboards? Do you do that kind of stuff or you just write out a script and just – film from there i i've never done storyboards before which is weird because like i also publish comic books um, <laughs> but i just uh like i'm not i'm not as much of a visual guy like i'm more of like a writer and, and a words type person okay so i will write um i'll write the script and whenever i do like i'll do a shot list where i'll you know I'll imagine it in my head to the best of my ability but a lot of it comes down as soon as we get on set and you know the dp once he's there and we set up a shot then it's when I once I see it, I'll be like, oh, okay, now I know what I'm doing. But a lot of it I leave till we're there because um, there's a lot of visual people I work with, and a lot of times their ideas are better than what I can come up with, and I don't want to kind of you know um, suffocate their creativity by imposing too much on it. So I like to do the words and um, leave it that, the other stuff up to other people. So, um, so yeah, storyboards has never been my thing. Okay. Um, yeah. As, as somebody that I've, I write comic books and I, I illustrate them as well as me personally also do story, storyboards uh, for movies, I find that really fascinating. I really find that a different, it's a different hemisphere um, than you and I, especially with that uh, both of us like comic books as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a kind of a visual, um, like a visual memory rather than a writing memory? Which I'm, what I'm trying to ask is something pops in your mind visually, then you write it down, or is it just words and you write it down, then you think visually next? I usually think most of what I come up with is usually dialogue. When I come okay. up with a movie idea comes to me, I imagine the talking. All the visual stuff um, comes because it's a movie. It has to be visual, so I'll kind of <laughs> add that in later. I'll, I'll see stuff in pictures, but yeah. um, I know, like, honestly, like, the – 
Um, you know, I should probably be writing plays. My dream is just to have write a movie with two people talking. That would be a good dream come true. Like, I just like bringing characters to life and having them say cool things. Yeah. As soon as it comes down, even like writing action scenes, like long action scenes, like it's almost kind of boring. You know, it's just kind of like, eh, when, when are the people going to start talking again? Um, cause that's just like, I think that's where my talent is. And that's just where it's just seems like it's bringing the, the story to life. I think, I think I'm still pretty good at doing the, the action stuff, but, um, I'm totally a word person. Like I imagine everything's in terms of conversations and, um, that type of thing. So I'm way more that side than I am visual. Okay. It's, it's very fascinating because, um, a lot of people, especially, I don't think dialogue is my strength, but I think it's something that you're saying that you're more comfortable doing than providing a more action elaborate scene then. Yeah. I've always, even when like, uh, you know, I've sold quite a few scripts now and had, you know, a bunch produced and a lot of the notes I get are, you know, give more descriptions to, you know, the, the location. Whereas I'm like, I honestly, I struggle with that. Like I can write brilliant dialogue apparently, but as soon as it's like, describe the house. And I'm like, I don't know, it's a house. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, you know ask the set decorators, you know, like, uh, it's just like, it's not my job. Um, but you know, when I, when they tell me to put it in there, I got to do it because I'm getting paid. So, um, so I, I always come at it from that uh, point of view, which is strange. Like I, it's different than a lot of other writers, but, um, yes, correct. Yes, very much. And on my first draft, like I'll skip over all those things, even like describing characters. I'll just, you know, it's a guy named Steve and I'll just skip over <laughs> what he looks like and everything and get right into the dialogue. And then as I do multiple drafts, I'll be like, okay, I should probably, you know, describe him in, in a sentence. And, um, and, you know, just adding in, you know, describing if someone's on a street, like what does the street look like and that type of stuff that doesn't come naturally to me. So that'll be kind of like second, third draft process. Um, when you're writing, do you do outlines? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'll usually do outlines. Um, not all the time. Okay. I find say my best work comes like it seems like my best work comes the less pre-preparation I do. Like sometimes I will do. I have scripts that I've never sold that I did so much preparation on and all this stuff. And I have other ones where I just winged it and it just came out so kind of raw and fresh that it sells right away. Um, however, just to make the story kind of as tight as possible, I'll usually do the, the um, lately I've been doing the um, cue card thing. Yes. Um, I'll just kind of write the scenes on, I'll put them all out on my bed or the couch or whatever. And so I just kind of see the whole story and then I'll be like, okay, here it is. And then I'll write it. Um, get the whole story down and then I'll just start chopping away and tightening everything up and making everything better. Um, that's the process I use. I honestly, I never, um, I never really do character outlines. Okay. Okay. Um, which I know you're not supposed like that's, you know, I'm probably getting in trouble from, you know, a screenwriting teacher for saying half of this stuff, but it's the, you know, it's the, <laughs> the way it is, is like, I just find if you put too much work into a character, it's like they lose character rather than gain it, which is, you know, that's just the way I see it. Yeah. I find once I start writing the character, they just come to life through what they're saying. A lot of the time, I don't even really know anything about their background or I'll know just one or two details that I'll think of. I'll just have them start saying and doing things. And through that, their character develops. And then when I go do further revisions on it, I'll kind of just amplify those things. And then by the end, you have you know, people tell me I have really great characters. And that just comes from just having them start doing stuff because the character comes through what they do, not through, you know, writing two pages of their past. Like I just find that's a huge waste of time. I'll do it. Like sometimes a producer will ask me to write that and I hate doing it, but I will. But if I don't have to, then like, I don't need any sort of character bio. Um, you don't really need to know where your character's from or what they were like growing up unless it affects the story. Sure. Um, yeah. 
That's my point of view anyway. Um, as somebody who's academic and I encourage writing and everything, um, I always stress, if, if especially with writing, if you're not breaking one rule, then I don't think you are a writer. If you're just going to follow the rules of, a, you know, this is the way we structure things and this is things and rather not thinking about, I'm just going to break a rule and I'm going to write the way I want to. I think that's much more better than just following the course of, well, the instructor told me to do this, to do this, and I should do this. No, just write it the way you feel comfortable doing. Absolutely. And honestly, my career exploded the minute I started doing that. And when I was younger, like I, I was, you know, I'd read all the screenwriting books and I'd try to follow, you know, the, the Sid Field, um, you know, the three act structure and, you know, on page 35, you have this and blah, blah, blah. And, and it just, I guess the writing was okay. It just, it never went anywhere. And it was kind of one day, um, I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm just like, I'm going to write it my way, do things my way and break those rules. And there's some of the rules I just hate. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to, I think, I think that sucks. I'm not going to do that. And as soon as I did that, something changed in my writing. And actually my roommate, Adam read one of my scripts and he's like, oh, this is like way better. And instantly people started paying me for scripts and they have ever since. And I think that it's just kind of like that confidence that comes with it. Whereas if you're trying to write something based on, you know, what the teachers told you or what the book told you or how it's supposed to be done, it's, it's like your, your personality is not going to shine through in your writing. And it's going to be like every other hack out there who's trying to write a similar type script. Yep. As soon as you write something where you're like, this is me, this is the way I'm doing it. I know you're not supposed to do it this way, but I'm doing it anyway. As long as the writing quality is good, I think people see that. They're like, well, this is kind of a fresh script. I've never seen anything like this. And then you kind of develop your own style. Yes. And the next thing you know, it's like, hey, I can actually, you know, kind of make a living of screenwriting. <laughs> um, just one more question about writing, Brandon. Um, are you a nighttime writer or a daytime writer? It, I try to be a daytime writer. Okay. Um, usually it involves getting up and then procrastinating until it's night and then I start writing. <laughs> um Sometimes I can do that. I can get into the groove and I can get up and just write because I feel I like just I, I tried when I'm to write 10 pages a day, which is a huge amount. Yes, and it is. Nice yes. Get out, write that and then have the rest of the day. And it's like even if I slack off the rest of the day, at least I wrote a huge chunk of script. And yeah. then a month goes by and it's like, holy cow, I got like one or two scripts done. It doesn't always happen like that. You know, life gets in the way. I got other stuff to do. And, you know, sometimes it'll be 10 p.m. and then I'll finally sit down to write uh, um, but as long as I get it done and I don't do it every day, but like I'll go through long stretches where I'll write like, like, um, I quit my day job. Um, it's probably like five, six weeks ago now. And I think I'm on my fourth feature that I've written since then. Um, I'm haunted being one of them, another one that I sold and I'm in a couple others. So it's, uh, like I can get stuff done and turning it out in a super quick amount of time and still have to be high enough quality that I can get stuff sold and produced. Um, so it's more, I don't think it's more about day or night. It's more just like consistently is just getting stuff written. So many screenwriters I know, you know, I'll talk to them and they're still talking about writing the same script that they were like a year ago. <laughs> and it's just like, buddy, just like, you know, this, a lot of us out there that are doing this, like working hard, you know, it's kind of like get out of the way. And, you know, if you're not even, if you're not even going to bother like doing the work, you know, right. it'd be like saying you want to play hockey and then, you know, you just never, you go years at a time without practicing. It's like, well, What's the point of trying? Like, if you're not going to commit to it, then you're not going to do it. It's like if you want to, if you want to be a writer, you have to write, and you have to write a lot. And it's um, the um, I emphasize a lot of people who ask me about writing and all this stuff, and I always use the wonderful story of the person who always says, "I wish I could win the Powerball. If only I could win the Powerball." And the joke is, um, well, you got to buy a ticket. 
Yeah. <laughs> <always> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, especially, um, last question, Brandon, before I go to Elizabeth, um, do you regard yourself, you, do you emphasize more of a writer than a director or is a director a writer? I'm definitely number one writer, number two director. Um, even like three, four years ago when I kind of first started doing this, like I've always kind of dabbled in film since I was a teenager, but it was just kind of like a fun thing on the side. But yeah. the last like four years where I was actually like committing to it, I didn't even start out. I was going to direct. I was just going to write. However, it's it's easier to get projects made when I just take, you know, I got so much determination that when I take the, basically take the ball by the horns. So it's like, you know, if I direct this thing and kind of produce it, I can get it made. And I'm, you know, apparently really good at doing that because I get a lot of projects made. Whereas if I leave it up to, you know, trying to find someone else to make my project, it's a slower thing. So, so I'll write a lot of scripts and, you know, I'll have, um, you know, other people produce them, but there's a lot of them. Um, it's kind of like, this one's for me. You know, it's kind of like one for you, one for me. And there's a few where it's like, no one else is touching this. This one's me. I have other ones where it's like, you know, a few years down the road, if the you know opportunity comes and I can get the money to do it myself, I will. If not, I can sell it to someone else. Um, and I just, I kind of got better at directing as I went along and, you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it. So, um, I, and I kind of have fun doing it, you know, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a hobby that's kind of turned into, you know, a career. Um, and I think I'm just going to get better as I go along. And so I kind of like, you know, but it's, I'm always going to be writer number one, director number two. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Elizabeth, how did you come about with acting? Is it something that you always wanted to do or something that eventually came to you? Um, well, I've always like loved performing even when I was very, 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 very young. Um, I started out with singing first, uh, and then moved more into acting. Uh, I did, you know, high school plays and that's kind of what like got the passion in me to pursue it after high school as post-secondary. So then I went to, uh, I, I moved from Saskatchewan where I'm from to Edmonton here to go to the theater arts program at McEwen. So then I graduated there um, after the two years diploma there. And then I moved to the University of Alberta and took the Bachelor of Fine Arts acting program there. And right now I'm in my third year out of four. Um, so I intend to get a bachelor's and then I intend to get a master's. I'm kind of hoping to go to England for my master's, but that's, you know, pretty expensive. So <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. I take that. I take acting very um, academically seriously, uh, and I, I, yeah, I really think that that's you know like my path right now. I just need to, I just need to stick to it on a regular basis in a in an academic form. Um, is there some kind of actresses that inspired you that did did you kind of always looked for looked up to? <gasps> oh, I don't know. I love a lot of actors. <laughs> Um, uh, I really like Jennifer Lawrence, actually. I think she's really, really cool. Um, this isn't an actress, but it, uh, I really do like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think his versatility is astonishing. Yeah, um, yeah so those are probably be like my two like favorite actors right now. Yeah. Um, and somebody mentioned to me a long time ago that stage acting and film acting, and stage acting is more like driving a truck, and film acting is more like driving a golf cart. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are some of the <laughs> if you have some unique differences what's it what for you is the difference between stage acting and film acting oh my gosh honestly when i like first started out i thought there was going to be a lot more difference than there actually is okay um 
but uh, so I find them actually quite, quite similar. Um, the thing is, is that stage acting is often a lot larger in size. The yeah. size of your choices are often a lot larger. However, um, your choices still have to be the same and they still have to be just as truthful. Otherwise, you know, it just doesn't work either way. Um, so I don't know. I've learned a lot about film acting while doing stage and I've learned a lot about stage acting while doing film. I think, I think they're quite, quite similar actually. Okay. Are you comfortable watching yourself? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I always have. I don't know. I like, I know like a lot of people have that, that issue where they, they watch back and they're like, do I say sound like that or whatever? I think I look at it and sound exactly how I, how I thought I would. Um, the only time I've ever been slightly uncomfortable is, uh, um, when we did a we did an actual screening in a in a theater of um, Hot Box, which was also done by Brennan Rhinus here yes, for yes. the Higher Universe, and and that was actually kind of nerve wracking just because it was the very first time like the public saw it and it, and I was there <laughs> and it was like in front of me and I was just like every time I would do something like I would tell a joke or, or whatever I would like hold my breath waiting for the audience to laugh. Or something, I'm like, if they don't find this funny, like, maybe I did a bad job or whatever, right? Like, it was a little bit stressful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was that was the absolute only time. Um, I love I love watching myself back. I, I learned so much from watching myself, right? Um, how would, for other people that are listening who are interested in acting, how much do you think preparing for a role is? Oh, my gosh. It's so much. It's everything. Um, I know Brandon said that he doesn't like to put a whole lot of... Uh, exposition for characters um in his script which i actually love don't tell brandon this but i think that his <laughs> scripts are revolutionary um i really do and i really as an as an academic actress i really really like working on those kinds of scripts where all of the all of the material for your three-dimensional character comes from the dialogue comes from the circumstance comes from all that there's not a whole lot of like this is exactly what you need to look like and this is exactly um what what age you are and, and what what you're where you're from and what your history is and stuff there, there's none of that and so it, it gives you a lot of like creative creative um artistic freedom yeah. which you don't get in a lot of scripts especially a lot of classical scripts which is um a lot of what like uh, plays are based on and stuff um so his is his is very you know modern and new and um because of that you can you can create all of that for yourself or you could not if you don't if that's not like what works for you but that that's like really what i love doing i love i love 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 dissecting scripts and like figuring out why everything works and how everything like goes together and i love working directly with the writer as well as the director which like I mean, I've done with Brandon so many times. Um, I get to ask him questions, and a lot of yeah. times he's like, "I don't know, you do yeah. whatever you want." <laughs> um, but a lot of times he has like this insight that like I would just never get otherwise, right? Um, so for me, there's a lot of there's a lot of work beforehand come before you come into the um, the the set before you get on set. It's not just learning your lines; it's um, it's that, but it's also learning your character and learning the plot inside out so that you know how everything fits together and where your place as a character is. Um, Elizabeth, um, have, have you ever done characters that kind of stay with you? Stay with me? Um, what do you mean by that? Well, they kind well, of they, still resonate. Like it's still kind of you feel like almost the characters are still with you sometimes, even after you're done performing them. Hmm. Um... To a degree, yes. Okay. I never, I never have characters that I like confuse with my own personality. Like once I'm, once I'm offset, I'm, I'm back to myself. I don't find myself 
falling into characters that I've played before or anything. I, I right. they're quite separate from myself. However, I think every character that I've I've deeply gone into stays with me all the time. I think I always can pull that character back. I can use it at any time. Um, like once you get to know somebody that deeply, I feel like they're just kind of with you forever. I don't know. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the whole point I was getting to. Yeah, they sometimes they just stay with you, right? Yeah. 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 Um, have you ever entertained the idea of doing something behind the camera instead of just in front? I've, I've entertained that idea, I would say. <laughs> right. um, I've always wanted to direct. Um, I, I really, I don't think I would be a very good director technically, um, but as for working with actors, I really do think I'd be quite good at that because I, um, I'm good at explaining my thoughts and I'm good visually. Like I, I know what I like and I know what I, I see because, because of my academic experience. Yeah. Um, I watch people all the time and I, and I have to, you know, judge and, and deduce what I like and, and whatever. Um, and I'm also really good at explaining my thoughts and, and conveying those to people. Um, so I would like to do that eventually. However, I think in order to be the best I could be at that, I need to first experience myself fully as an actor. Um, so I don't think I would be doing that anytime soon. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but maybe one day. <laughs> it's just it's still there in the back of the mind. We'll just file yeah. it and we'll stick it in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I've so also done a lot of production stuff for, for theater before, for, for productions that I've um, been on. I've never really done anything for film, but like uh, for theater, I've done like lighting design and sound design and stuff for shows that I've been on. Um, yeah, and then somebody yeah. else will operate it during the show. So that's always fun. I think that's beneficial, especially you having experience working with lighting and everything, that is as an actor, when you're on film, you know more about the arrangement, the setup, the set than a lot of Oh, other absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's the best part about it is just being like a well-rounded person in either the theater or on film just makes you more hireable in, in every sense. Yeah. Um, I, I was, Brandon, as you, have you entertained the idea of ever being in front of the camera? <laughs> Um, I've been in front of the camera a couple times, and let's just say it—it uh, it didn't go very well. Um, there's, there's a few short films out there that are ruined by my one line of dialogue. Um, um, no, nah, it's that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but it's—it's. It's, I'll leave that up to the professionals. I mean, I'm already you know writing, writing, directing, producing, and editing. You know, it's like I got so much on my plate that it's like, you know this point in my life, why would I go and learn how to be an actor? It's like, yeah, I've, I've got my talents. I'll stick with it and leave acting up to the people who are, are much better at it. Um, I don't mind doing like, you know, like um, TV and promotion and stuff like that. But in terms of acting, like I just, I probably, if I dedicated myself to it, I probably could get pretty good, but it's like, I'd be, I'm better off focusing on um, kind of where I'm, where I'm better. It's, just, you know, using my time to write is much better than, trying to act and there's so much to it it's you know it's like, like a lot of people like you know they want to direct or they want to write and then they do it and realize how hard it is yeah. i think it'd be the same thing right oh yeah. all i gotta do is stand there and and you know read lines and once you do it it's probably like oh my god this is so much harder than i thought <laughs> and it's probably just not worth my time so uh so that's a long way of saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell him he needs to do more cameos. I want to see him like, 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 like Stanley's like style, just like come in and like do one line and then leave. But maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe one day. We'll see. <laughs> I myself, Brandon, am very comfortable playing extras. Ah, uh, actually, I played an extra. I was a, uh, um, 
I was in Hotbox in a couple scenes. One you see me standing there, and one you see me walk by. Um, I didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> you blended right in. You did great. <laughs> So I want to talk about a little bit about uh, genre, Brandon Elizabeth, because obviously you've done an incredible amount of material work in, in horror movies. Is that something exclusive to you, or would you like to expand to other genres? Um, I like I think horror is probably my favorite genre. I also like comedies. Like Hotbox is straight up comedy. It's kind of like stoner comedy. Okay. Um, I did that one just because like I've been doing pretty much every short film I did, except for like one or two. It was all this horror stuff, and I was like, I want to do something funny. Um, and I had a lot of people kind of surprised, and they're like, Oh, you're doing. There's even people that thought Hotbox is a horror, and I'm like, No, <laughs> it's like I can't. I can do other stuff, you know. Um, yeah. So I think even um, even my dad, uh, my parents came out to the, the premiere of Hotbox, and my dad was even saying, You know, we, your mom and I were kind of wondering if uh, you know if it was going to be funny, like is, you, you do all this scary hardcore stuff that can actually be funny and. And people loved it. Like, it was, like, absolutely freaking, I couldn't oh, believe. It was amazing. Um, just, like, the response I got to it, right? Like, it's, like, it worked. Like, pretty much every single joke, like, got a laugh. Um, so that being said, I still like doing comedy. But, like, horror, it's just, that's always where my mind goes. Like, it's just, when I come up with something, it just kind of edges towards that genre. So yeah, it's kind of, you know, most things I do will probably be horror or close to it. Elizabeth, do you still like horror movies? Um, okay, so <laughs> I don't like watching horror movies a lot of the time, but I really do like acting in horror movies. Um, that's something like very strange about Brandon and I. Whenever we get like this kind of question asked, he's always like, you know, I I didn't think like I hate I hate this kind of genre, but I wrote it anyway. <laughs> and then we end up liking it. We're like, what the heck? Why is this so great? <laughs> Like this is like a style that we're not normally like into or something and then we then we like that's exactly what we end up doing and um, I think that's really funny. My actual favorite um, genre is sci-fi actually which Brandon has wrote a few for me. I think that yeah, I think that he wrote them for me just because he likes me to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I like I really appreciate it but um, but Brandon definitely has like a like a real talent for writing horror, um, which I actually really, really love because the thing I don't like about horror movies often is, is the lack of plot, the lack of the, the, the three dimensional characters, the lack of things like that, that, Oh, don't go into that closet. There's going to be somebody there. And then there's somebody there, you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. However, Brandon doesn't write like that. Right. So it's like, it's like he makes it, he makes a genre that I don't like into something that I do really, really like. And then so I feel proud about my work. I feel I feel proud about doing one of his scripts and 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 making it something that is a little bit different in that same genre. And I think that he would say the same thing. I think he's always like, this is what I hate about it. So I'm going to just break all the rules and do whatever I want. And then it's like so much better. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's what yeah. I have to say about that. Yeah. Um, I'll ask both of you if you can answer if you want. Um, and I always ask when I have writers come on my show, um, are you are you always conscious of cliches or you just don't care about them? Do you try to avoid them? Um, what is kind of your philosophy on kind of the cliche kind of a thing? I definitely try to avoid them. Like there are some that I notice in like every movie and I'll go out of my way to avoid them. However, there's some that are so built into your subconscious just from years of watching movies yes. that I'll, I'll have it in my script and someone else will point it out or I'll start seeing it in movies and, you know, and I'm like, oh, why did I put it in there? It's like such a cliche. <laughs> um, so sometimes like, like it's kind of like, you know, your a lot of your life experience is from movies. Like most people have never 
yeah. been in a war scene, like you've seen a hundred war scenes in movies. So you kind of know what it's like, but what you know what it's like is only from movies. Yeah. So some of those things, it's like that never, ever happens in real life. It only happens in the movies. So you'll put that in your script thinking it's like, oh, you got a war scene and this is how it works until someone's like, no, that's doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, so I definitely try to avoid those. I even sometimes try to like tease the cliche, like I'll, Okay. I'll set it up, but then I just won't pay it off. And it's like, no, that's a stupid cliche. I didn't do that. You know? <laughs> I, I, um, love I love it. I love it. I love it. So I, yeah, I, I definitely try to avoid them. Um, yeah. Elizabeth, is, a, is something always on your radar? Um, kind of something like a cliche do you try to navigate with? Honestly, um, I know cliches get a really bad like name, um, but I honestly think that they're a really good tool to start with. Like, yeah. like obviously that doesn't want to be your end, um, you know, product. However, I do believe that cliches are like Brandon said, like cliches and prejudices and things like that are, you know, where people go to first. So that's like a really good, like tactical thing that you can grab onto first and then expand from there. Cause if you don't grab onto that first and you just try to expand, you're never going to get something right. You know, you're never going to yeah. get something that looks like what people want it to look like or what they expect it to look like or whatnot. So that's kind of what I go for. Like I'll, I'll find an archetype of a character or something and then I'll expand on it. I'll find out their history. I'll find out what their motivation is. I'll find out what their objective is. I'll, I'll do all these, these things after I, I grab onto that archetype first. Um, and I just think that that's, that's the, that's a really good tool to use and that's the best way to do it. Um, since I have you right here, Elizabeth, and I'll ask you, uh, Brandon, um, when you do, um, acting, do you, um, use music or sound to help motivate you? Wow. I've never been asked that before. Uh, <laughs> Is no. it something like a playlist that you use or something like a music that you provide when you kind of get involved with the character or is it something that's just not on your radar? Huh. Uh, no, I've I've never done that before. I would say okay. that there's always music playing in my head. I'm just like a very musical person. Sure. Um, and so like maybe I kind of compose my own, I don't know, themes as I go in my head. But no, I've, I've never done that before. I've never put on music to, to find a character or anything. Okay, no. okay. Um, Brandon, when you do when you're writing and directing, do you like especially with film and film sound and music kind of gets ignored when talked about, but I think it's very important. Do you think about that when you're writing and directing movies? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like when I when I write, like I'm all, I'm always playing music. Like I sometimes I have a hard time writing if I'm not playing music, and sometimes, especially like. Um, it's kind of like the music gets ingrained and there's parts where I read an old script or I'll watch a film that I had made and I'll remember what song was playing when I wrote that part. Um, oh. And because it's just, you know, even sometimes like I'll choose, a, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll listen to some like heavier type stuff or I'll listen to like softer type stuff. And, and so I'll just remember like, hey, when I wrote this scene, I remember listening to the song. And um, so that's kind of cool. Like it doesn't really inspire me, but it's just like, it's just kind of comforting to have it there. As for music in the movies, for some reason, like I... I try to leave that to someone else because like I can when it's done, I can listen to it. But yeah. I just have a hard time, especially with score. Um, it's kind of like, what what music do you want here? And I'm like, I don't like I it's just not my skill, like skill set. So I don't know. So I'll leave that up to whoever's doing the score. They'll write something, send it to me and I'll be like, oh, my God, that sounds good. And or, you know, change this part here um, for Hotbox. You know, the, basically the whole thing took place at a house party and we had um, there was some score in there, but. A lot of it, we just had uh, bands submit songs that we put in there. And it was just such a, a hard decision to, like, kind of, like, what goes with each with each scene. 
So yeah, I'm glad I had yeah. people around me to kind of help with those choices. And I was, you know, for the most part, pretty happy with the way it turned out. But um, I'm, I'm somewhat of a musical person, but there's a certain degrees of like where my skill level ends. And I, you know, it's like, I don't really want control over, over kind of the, the, the music part seems like of a movie seems like it should be left to more musical people than me. So that's kind of where I come in at that. And I think it's also really important um, from, from my opinion, this might not be the way other people work, but um, that your, your acting choices or your writing choices or whatever is what creates the music. You know, you're, you're not like, like that's why there is music in film and theater and stuff like that is because your choices are creating this universe, this, this atmosphere, this world where that exists. I think um, the other way around things would just feel kind of disconnected, especially with like scores and stuff. Obviously if there's a radio playing, it's just a radio playing, you know, it just happens. Um, But that's my opinion. Um, And so with your, um, especially that you said that you live the responsibility for music and score with somebody else. Um, is there somebody that you have in mind that works with that works with you? Um, yeah, we've had um, a few people do scores for us. Uh, lately, we've been working a lot with uh, Alan Levesque, who's a uh, he's like an electronic music guy uh, here in Edmonton, and uh, he's very versatile. Like he's like uh, the painting of Ebony Shaw, some of like those uh, short horrors that I've done recently. He scored all of them, okay. and it's like like phenomenal work he did the hive which was um one of the sci-fi ones that elizabeth mentioned that we hasn't been released publicly we've had one screening of it um, but it's not available online yet or anything and um yeah he does great work so it's kind of there's a lot of trust involved because i always imagine that i could work with a composer i send them the uh the film like with no music they write something for it and it comes back and it's terrible and then it's like great now i gotta pay you money and i get nothing out of it and have to redo it with someone else so there's always that like high level of risk yeah. um so you really need someone that you trust um so like alan's been great to work with and a lot of the people we have and we have some bands now that are kind of giving us songs and stuff too wonderful wonderful yeah yeah um so brandon and elizabeth um, we're almost out of time here and um since I'll, I'd like to ask you a couple, my one last question, since the movie that you're working on is called I'm Haunted, am I right? Yes. Um, my question is, do you actually believe ghosts are real? Or do you think ghosts are real? Uh, oh, my goodness. I, mean, I would say like 80% no. <laughs> um, and if they are, it's not in the classic, you know, a dead person's spirit coming back sense. It's some other thing that, you know, humanity doesn't understand yet but for the most part i i find it such a fascinating subject i'm into all that paranormal stuff you know cryptids and basically all that stuff i'm like i just find it fascinating but more from a like a story point of view rather than i believe it because i tend to be more skeptical yeah elizabeth for you do you do you believe or think ghosts are real (laughs) um me as a person i really love to live in the unknown I believe that if something hasn't been proved correct or incorrect to me, the possibility is still alive. Kind of like that Schrodinger cat scenario there. Yeah. Um, and the same same with ghosts. I've never been proved that ghosts exist. However, I've also never been proved against it. So I'm like, I'm open for the possibility of it existing. I'm open for the possibility of it not existing. Um, that's just kind of where I like am with a lot of things like that in life. So. Okay. Brandon, Elizabeth. Thanks for coming on my show. It was a lot of fun having you guys on, talking about movies. Thanks and for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's great. Um, before I go, I want to let everybody know, if you want to let them know, how can they help um, donate to your movie 
and we'll definitely put the link up there. So if you want to let our listeners know if they want to help out with the project. Yeah, definitely. You can uh, check out the link. We're giving away some cool stuff. Um, you know, like you can sponsor episodes and basically no matter what you donate, you will get an IMDb credit. So if you're looking to you know, kind of get your IMDb page started, we'll do that for you. And um, there's you know, other ways to get involved. And um, even in past projects, we past projects, we've done um, crowdfunding campaigns and people you know donated something. And then kind of, it's kind of as soon as you're part of it. You're kind of always a part of it. And next thing you know, you're kind of in our world and other people, they've come on board to do other kind of bigger, better things. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like you're not just, you know, giving money to something you'll never have a connection with. It's like all of a sudden you are part of it. And if you want to be part of the film world and you want to, um, you know, kind of you know, follow my footsteps and learn how to get to where I am, it's like, you know, just joining up and, and helping out as a part of it because you're know, raising money. It's like it's it's always the hardest part of film. Right. And yes. Yeah. Um, it's like we want to we got to, you know, everything costs money. We got to pay our actors something and we got to be we got to be fair to people. And another big thing is a lot of the money is going towards promotion. Because um, even on Hotbox, it's kind of like as we finish the movie, we were, you know, coasting past the finish line with all the money gone. It's always the way it is. So then it's like, oh, now it's time to promote this thing, and while well, we're broke, <laughs> um, so for this, it's like, no, like a huge chunk of our budget is going towards just like advertising, submitting to festivals, just making sure we can get this in front of absolutely every person we possibly can in the world. Um, so yeah, we're giving away just there's a lot of cool stuff. You know, some stuff from past films. You can get some of my comic books. You can get your name in the credits. You could be a producer if you want. But it's just you know we appreciate absolutely anyone that's willing to just chip in a little bit for us. And even if you can't totally understand, um, but just sharing it, you know, on Facebook or social media, Twitter, whatever, it, it goes a long way to just, you know, getting the word out to people. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, Brandon, Elizabeth, thank you for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, if we you know, if you haven't listened, it's not over till the guests say it's over. Well, it's over. I guess, uh, there we go. That's yeah. it. 